Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Gold Connection, where we share stories of humanism in healthcare, as well as tools and lessons for students, clinicians, and leaders. The Gold Connection is produced by the Gold Humanism Honor Society, a program of the Arnold P. Gold Foundation. My name is Helen, and I'm your host. I am really excited for today's conversation, which officially launches our new Gold Humanism Honor Society International Initiative, Healing the Heart of Healthcare, Reimagining How We Listen, Connect, and Collaborate. Healing the Heart of Healthcare builds on the previous GHHS initiative, which focused on sparking conversation and action to address structural racism in medicine. From that grew so many GHHS chapter projects, an anti-racism library, training tools, and much more, as well as an entire virtual conference in May 2021. The Healing the Heart of Healthcare International Initiative is designed to be a continuing thread of this work. Over multiple years, it is rooted in our growing understanding of the impact that the dual pandemics of COVID-19 and racism have had on our psyche, our connections, and healthcare at large. There is an immense need to speak up about all that has been broken and importantly, to encourage GHHS members and colleagues to be innovative and empowered in creating a healthcare system that reflects the values that led them into this field. In this episode, we'll hear from four leaders in GHHS as they share advice and insights on past projects and ideas for the work ahead. Their longer bios are available in the show notes. We are pleased to have with us today, Dr. Colleen Christmas, Associate Professor at John Hopkins, a member of the GHHS Advisory Council and Chair of the GHHS Program Committee. Dr. Linda Stone, a GHHS member, former GHHS chapter advisor at The Ohio State University College of Medicine, and currently special assistant to the Dean of Humanism and Professionalism, as well as chair of the chapter advisory support subcommittee. Elizabeth Mensa, a fourth-year medical student at Emory and former GHHS chapter President. And to kick this conversation off, Director of GHHS and Program Initiatives, Luisa Tavito. And here's Luisa beginning this important discussion with a question to Dr. Colleen Christmas. So, um, Colleen, I'm really excited to hear from you. Um, you've been the fearless leader of the program committee uh, for the Gold Humanism Honor Society for a couple of years now, kind of leading us through the trenches of. Uh, last year's initiative and and really thinking through all of the details thoughtfully about how to make this initiative an extension of of what we've already started and our commitment to uh, furthering uh, the mission of the Gold Foundation. And and so I'd love to hear from you about what what went into this process, what what was the conversation like at the program committee level, and, um, and, and where you envision this program initiative going. Well, thanks, Louisa. You know, I couldn't be more proud of the program committee. There's about a dozen of us 
who have worked really hard in putting together these initiatives and thought very carefully about what we hope the impact of the initiatives will be. So, you know, last year, the uh, national initiative was humanism and healing, structural racism and its impact on medicine. And that was really a reflection of the trauma we're all facing together as a community, the dual pandemics of racism and the COVID-19 infection. And the hope then was that leaders in the GHHS would use their position to create space, to talk about what we're seeing, what we're going through together, that sort of shared trauma and um, think about how we can engage in discussions within healthcare and within our communities to try and start the healing process. That was a wonderful initiative, great um, programs, doing a lot of really wonderful things. The national meeting was fantastic. Um, And our program committee really wanted to take what started from that and build, use that energy to build in the concrete steps that we're gonna create really a roadmap for how do we improve? How do we make the GHHS? How do we make medicine? How do we make our corners of the world better? So while last year's initiative focused on that creating space, as the dual pandemics continued to drudge on much longer than we expected, we realized that there's just a lot of suffering that needs to be addressed. There's the students, the residents, the faculty, the patients, our community members, the the staff that are in the hospitals or in the offices, nurses and so forth. And it's not a US problem, it's an international problem. And so we really wanted to create something that helped us rediscover why we went into medicine in the first place to get back in touch with that. And we thought about how we hold space to honor our grief to uh, lift each other up and to grow to be better together. Um, This initiative we hope is gonna promote the creation of a roadmap to healing and growing. And it's a a plan to empower us to make brave changes in healthcare. We know that laying out these plans, even planning to do anything is a massive undertaking. And so um, unlike prior initiatives, This international initiative is gonna be a multi-year project, a two-year project. And the theme we came up with builds on last year's themes perfectly. So healing the heart of healthcare, reimagining how we listen, connect, and collaborate. Thank you so much, Colleen. You know, one of the things that you mentioned is the, the folks that are on the program committee. And I think it's important to note that they're volunteer they're volunteers, and they really represent a broad spectrum of representation in healthcare. So medical students, residents, practicing physicians, uh, folks that are retired. And and I think that all of the uh, individuals on the program committee voiced this need for connection and community and understanding what this role is um, in in building building back and and trying to um, to be better in healthcare and and do our jobs better and and rely on each other better and and so I really hope that one of my ambitions for this initiative is that we can rely on community and and interact with each other. Last year, one of the things we did really well was connecting chapters across the nation and and I want to think about how to do that 
internationally what you know and and continue to do it nationally really well if there's something you're excited about as a chapter who else is doing it how can we make this more robust what um what are some of the ideals that we want to really wor work through together to make sure that they um, they're they're surfacing so um, I appreciate you talking about connection and especially our international presence. We have chapters internationally and um, there was a wonderful, uh, they were at our national international conference. They shared their art, their, their, their learnings. And so um, we're all sort of in this, um, in this together. Um, Linda, I would love to hear from you about how you envision chapters getting involved and you've really created an incredibly lively culture uh, of humanism at your institution at The Ohio State. And so I'd love to hear from you about what they are currently doing and, and other ways uh, for chapters to get involved. Thanks, Louisa. Well, first of all, Colleen, you did a wonderful job of explaining where we've been and where we wanna go. And that fits right in with the um, chapters because interestingly enough, we have a um, about, with the new committees, we have a chapter advisor, chapter support committee with a wonderful team, just like you've got on the program committee. And through them, we know that every single chapter has something special they do, something they highlight, something they're proud of. It, it might be something in the arts, it might be something in service, but just a, a wonderful uh, amount of programs all the way across the country. So what we're asking is, um, Look at what you have in your chapter. Look around and see what might apply to this healing the heart of healthcare, reimagining how we listen, connect, and collaborate. Now, this is mind blowing because I think what you're going to do when you read that title of what our going forward work is about, you're going to say, oh my gosh, we've got this, we've got that. And then what's going to happen, I think, is the magic will begin because you're going to start thinking how I'm going to expand that, but it will lead you in so many directions. And so I'm going to give an example of what happened to us during this last year at Ohio State when we were looking at, oh, we love our programs, but so many of them are in person. How do we reach people uh, in new ways, maybe building on the old ways, but in new ways? And one thing we started was a thing called Voices in Humanism. And it was a collaboration between the Medical Heritage Center at, at Ohio State and our GHHS resident chapter. The residents were looking at how can we keep connected during this very difficult time when you've just gone through your third um, COVID ICU rotation as a resident or a fellow or a student, you're a faculty member trying so hard to teach and, and just trying to keep up, getting enough sleep and enough to eat. How can we reach the residents in a very kind and gentle way? And so the residents began to design different things, uh, cookies that might just appear in their mailbox or um, uh, something in the resident lounge that might be um, cocoa or whatever. But they wanted to say, we love you. We're thinking about you. We know you have no time to get together. They started a wellness newsletter, but they also collaborated with us in Voices in Humanism, which was collecting, archiving in the Medical Heritage Center, and then sharing artwork created by the medical center family, the community around us. So it might be a poem, it might be a, a photograph, a painting. And then we began to share with different groups. So on Monday morning, your group might set out 
send out to you a piece of artwork. Doesn't take much long, longer to look and see, oh, what a beautiful painting or a little poem. Or even one of our medical student moms created a thing called the whimsical world of Wilbur, where the dog comes and visits you, whether it's Thanksgiving or whatever's going on, Wilbur's there to, to say hello. And what happened was that very simple idea began to grow. So now we have well over 70 artists and we distribute to groups like the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians, a number of groups within the medical center. Um, and they get a work of art each week. But those collaborations also led us to discover more in our community of people trying to do the very same thing. So when we mentioned about community and you mentioned retirees, well, the retirees, our Emeritus Association receives an artwork each Monday and that keeps them connected because they can't get together. Um, and the collaborations also led us to a wonderful woman, uh, Dr. Jennifer Garvin, who's a PhD and um, she had the idea of taking an opera that had been performed by Opera Columbus and using it as a teaching tool. And we actually opened tomorrow in uh, Vanqui, which is an opera-based course on racism to humanism. And how do we take this pre-Civil War story and help us understand where our biases, our prejudice came from, and then begin to rewrite our own story. There was a poster on it in, the, in our national conference, which was so cool. So much is happening. This is happening with you. All you have to do, if, if it isn't already happening, look around, ask your students, ask your residents, ask your fa faculty, look at what you can who you can collaborate with in the community. This is a golden opportunity for us to do exactly what we've said, healing the heart of humanism. Linda, it's so beautiful. And I love the opera piece. I love that it's an actionable item. It's something that came out of what was so needed. And, and that is really the intention here is getting to understanding what the needs are and saying, this is a project that we wanna get behind. We wanna work with our community. We want to uh, understand the needs and, and give something that can live on and, and really put, put what we're saying into, into movement. So um, I'm always inspired by your work and really look forward to sharing some of that art that you spoke of with our, um, our other members. And, um, and so thank you for your incredible leadership and, you know, always willing to just to, to come to the plate. So um, Liz, I really wanted to hear. Us. You inspire us. So thank you. Oh, Please, I, it's all it's all a teamwork, and and we're all in this together to, as Colleen said, just create a roadmap for change. So I'm grateful to be a part of it. Liz, your work last year, your commitment to this initiative and the conference were truly stellar. I don't know what we would have done without you. Can you talk a little bit about how you made all of that come to fruition, and what your perspective is as, as a student leader to to make sure that uh, our, you know these things are successful? Sure. Um, and thank you so much for inviting me to this conversation. I think we found ourselves in a particular moment in history where um, this was really uh, on everybody's mind, in the center of everyone's mind. Um, and so in terms of driving engagement around our events and the things that we did as a chapter, I will say that I didn't have to pull teeth 
to get people to want to join us in this effort. For example, our main event in March of last year was an event that was about, you know, it was entitled A Calculated Risk, Engaging Black Patients on the Coronavirus Vaccine, where we engaged about over 80 residents and students and physicians on the topic of vaccine hesitancy, where we shifted the conversation from hesitancy to vaccine access and really focused on structural racism and the, that structural racism, were, were, that was the underpinnings of what we were really seeing um, as a nation in terms of the disproportionate, uh, disproportionately lower adherence of vaccines in, in um, underserved populations. Um, Dr. Marietta Collins and Dr. Um, Cheryl Heron were very excited and, and you know, enthusiastic about their participation. Um, the members of GHHS at my chapter were uh, very, in, in, very enthusiastic about joining that effort. Um, and it was really a team effort and really felt good to accomplish something um, together like that, where we were all on the same page about how important this work was. Um, in terms of momentum for the next group, I really do think that it's about empowering them. Um, really, you know, we made sure that everything that we did was well documented and that we passed on that information to them so that they would be well positioned to engage the resources that we have here at Emory to do what they what they envision as power, as important for, as um, in their chapter. Um, but really, we really emphasize that this is their year and that they can um, envision and execute initiatives that they, as they see fit. And I think that's the key to really producing genuine initiatives. Thank you so much. And it's, it's a, a great point because I attended um, the conference that you had at your institution and together we worked to say, let's make this more robust uh, so that we could do it at the conference level. And, and I think that that's a perfect example of us leaning on each other, um, being invested in one another and, and really um, working together to, to make these things happen. So uh, I'm just, was so excited to see the type of student leader that you became and that you were and that uh, it's really, an inspiration to, to myself and to other um, other leaders. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much for your support. Mm. And then can you tell me a little bit about what, how you um, had to lean on your chapter advisors? Was this largely student uh, driven, this initiative, this the work, or um, was it facilitated at all by your chapter advisors? Sure. So we have the privilege of having Dr. Mara George and Dr. Donald Batiski as our chapter advisors, and they are excellent at lending support to us for any initiatives that we envision. And we checked in with them periodically throughout the year to make sure that we were um, basically leaning on their expertise and gaining as much as we could from their engagement. Um, what they did for us, which was really, really powerful, was they allowed us to steer the boat. And we really kind of took the reins. Um, and again, we as a group were very um, cohesive together. We really um, were, we gelled really well as a leadership team. And so it was easy to kind of steer the boat in, in, in one direction. Um, but I think that was a very powerful combination for us, the fact that we were highly motivated as a group and that we had advisors who would allow us 
that freedom and then also advise and um, guide us as we went along. We're very thankful for them. That's, that's so incredibly helpful. And I think that Dr. Stone, you have a similar approach with your, your students. And I know that you're um, chapter advisor of the residents right now, but can you talk to me a little bit, Dr. Stone, about how a chapter can create enduring work, work that they can stand behind that a, you know, the advisors can help to, to make sure that the work um, isn't just, doesn't just end after they graduate. Um, Liz, you made excellent points. Our students do the very same. They, they take a lot of notes and then it's on a Google Drive or one of those things magically that they create that I have no idea. I just go in and look. So they make sure everything is fed into that. But, um, well, I just got an email last night from a student who's going to do the VA initiative this year. And she said, could you talk me through it? So advisors fill roles because we have the organizational memory, but also we're also the ones to encourage, uh, all right, if this, if this program really matches what you'd love to do, great. But if you want to switch it up or do something different, um, it's interesting when you talk about um, your advisors, because Dr. Batiski not only started your chapter there, he helped, he and I started our chapter at OSU. So he has a oh, wow. long history of this and that's what advisors, that's the great part of advisors. We remember a lot and whatever we don't remember, it's on our computer. So I think that's our role for cheerleaders. Uh, we encourage, we say, there, there isn't anything like a mistake. You just try something if it works really well doesn't quite work as well. You learn from it and we move on. So we really like our GHHS. I mean, when you think of who comes into the GHHS, it's these people, this huge, wonderful hearts and they're loving and caring and compassionate. How could we not be successful? So what all advisors do is help pull that out and say, you're amazing. Let's see what you're going to do. I, I love that. And I think that, um, so much of, of what we're saying is leaning on each other, you know, and, and I've spoken a little bit about community and connection, but uh, I think it's important that our student leaders lean on each other and use the listserv to say, this is what we're doing. Can you connect to us um, and, and let's do this together or chapter advisors to say, I'm really struggling to get, you know, this to happen, or can you tell me structurally how you did this? And, and they should, that is, that's a huge component of this, the resources that we have here to be able to 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 create a real family here to make make sure that this um, these things come to, to fruition, like we said. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, Dr. Christmas, is how to continue to stay involved. So, if our members after they graduate medical school, they're in residency, they want to participate in creating programming. Um, can you talk a little bit about? their involvement or ability to get involved in program committee or other committees and uh, really lend their expertise to the ongoing mission. Oh, my heavens. Yes, we would love, love, love to have any residents, um, faculty, you name it, join our program committee. I think that's part of what has made our program committee so incredibly effective, in my opinion, is that we have a diversity of voices. So people bring a, a range of perspectives to whatever challenge we're facing. 
And together we kind of wrestle through, talk through, and I think what comes out of the program committee is really quite beautiful, honestly, in large part because of this diversity of voices. So absolutely anyone who wants to volunteer to serve on the program committee, we would welcome them. Residents, we realize you're busy. You may not be able to make every meeting. We can work with that. Um, retired faculty, absolutely, please, your wisdom, we need it. There's something every single person could bring to that committee and we would welcome it with open arms. Thank you. And, you know, one of the things that we heard a lot of in the thick of the first wave of the, of the pandemic was wishing that there's more of an opportunity to lean on like-minded folks that were, were struggling here, um, our heads are underwater, who can we turn to? And this is an opportunity, even if it's just for the first 15 minutes of a meeting to see faces that are um, familiar or you know, to talk with people that are still holding on to any inkling of um, you know, that joy or something that is kind of, they're struggling to attain in their life and, and they can find it by leaning on each other. And so um, there are so many different committees that we can, that you can lend your expertise. Um, Linda, do you wanna speak to, to the committee that you chair and ways to get involved there? I, I echo Colleen, because if, if people want to join us, we're adding a couple people this next time, but we're a fairly small committee, and so we would love to add people, and I, I think you've given us a, a lot of ideas as far as looking forward to the National Conference with our theme this year and how we might uh, better connect with our chapter advisors, um, and uh, as you know, we're, we're adding um, a medical student, we hope to add a resident, we just added another faculty member. So I think if someone's interested in being on the chapter advisor, chapter support, absolutely we want them. I don't want to steal from you, Colleen, but, but mm -hmm. I would love to have them. Okay, Liz, that's you. you too. <laughs> that's right. And, and important that, uh, you know, once the work is, is done here, as far as your role in the international initiative and you move into residency, to update your information in the database, to stay connected with us, to join a committee because it doesn't stop here. And, um, you know, and the, the level of expertise and knowledge just sort of morphs and changes and, and grows and, and only helps us to, uh, to further, further the mission. So, you know, there's so much to, to think about and to talk about while we have this opportunity to connect to our members um, about this initiative. And one of the things that I want to talk about is funding. Uh, GHHS offers small grants to, to our, our members to, to help push along the work that they're doing um, in the community in, as far as their activism, et cetera. So if there's any interest in, in taking us up on that funding, there's a grant application online or you can email me directly. Um, I'll make sure that my email is in the notes for the podcast and that, you know, to, to recognize that, that our GHHS members are doers. I, I have never been so inspired by the, the initiative and the creativity and um, really the ingenuity and, and owning a problem and saying, we recognize our role in, in humanism in healthcare and how to to um, make sure that that is the culture at our institution. It's something that we're proud of. And so I, I really encourage our members to think about what 
what the legacy is going to be at your institution. When you think about the projects that you want to start, what do you want the tone to be? What, what are the needs specifically of your community? How do you want to rely on each other? How do you want to build this, um, these connections within GHHS to, to really have an impact? And um, we are here for support along the way. Uh, just like last year, you know, we look forward to seeing what the, the outcome is and seeing posters or seeing presentations that are, that are interesting to you. Um, that, you, that you'd like to share. And then also that this initiative isn't limited to our members that are in, currently in medical school. Uh, we, we, the, if there's involvement from our resident members that wanna be involved, if there's members that have graduated from medical school 10 years ago and are immersed in healthcare and in practice and are looking to get involved in mentorship programs or in the humanities as Dr. Stone was sharing or um, any, any level of this, this project, it is, we're, it's all hands on deck and we would be happy to have everybody engaged. And, and I'm always happy to get on the phone or to get on a zoom and brainstorm ways to get involved, um, because your voice matters. And we are just on the back end watching what the magic is that kind of happens at the, you know, at, at your level. So feel free to contact us. And thank you all for your involvement. And I so look forward to seeing what a beautiful, uh, you know, journey this this initiative takes. And uh, we'll, you know, in, in a year, in two years, in 10 years, whatever require the time is that that is required for change. So thank you so much. And thanks to those four GHHS leaders for sharing their wisdom and introducing us all to the new GHHS International Initiative, Healing the Heart of Healthcare. You can find more information and ideas on our website, www.gold-foundation.org, including the show notes for this episode. You can learn more about all the things mentioned here, including the GHHS Listserv, the GHHS Committees, the Veterans Gold Health Initiative, and much more. Each action, every project, however small, moves us forward. We cannot create a wholly humanistic world overnight, or even in a year or a decade, but we can do our part to connect with each other, lean on the relationships with our communities, and continue to remain steadfast and our commitment, we hope that the new GHHS International Initiative, Healing the Heart of Healthcare, will help us do just that. Until next time, take care. The credits for today's episode. Music by Luca Raula for Follow That Dream. Host and audio editor, Dr. Helen Ransom. Producers, Luisa Tavito and Brianne Alcala. Transcript Proofing, Isabella Kovacs. Website Support, Jill Levenhagen.